Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. This is season two, episode four. I'm Stephanie Rose, Sunlight's community manager, and I'm joined today by Judy, Jen, and Anne to talk about how you can fit everything in. As a parent, you are already busy, but remember, there are 168 hours in a week to help you accomplish everything on your to-do list. Homeschooling doesn't have to be 8 to 3, Monday through Friday. You get to make your own schedule. It can be structured or flexible, whatever works for your family. Continue listening for tips and tricks on working binders, science experiment Saturdays, bedtime read-alouds with dad, adjusting homeschool to fit your family's schedule, the best time to do certain subjects, four- and five-day schedules, how to homeschool as working parents, and so much more. Join me as we turn the page on this topic. We are so excited to have you here. We, I, ha, I am Stephanie Rose. I'm the community manager at Sunlight. I'm joined by Judy, Jen, and Anne, and I'm going to let them give you a little introduction to themselves. Judy, welcome. Hey Steph, how are you this morning? So um, my name is Judy and I am the marketing sales coordinator here at Sunlight, which means that I have the tremendous privilege of putting together teams of Sunlight moms like Anne and Jen and sending them out across the country and into Canada to homeschool conventions, which didn't happen this year, unfortunately, but we hope that we'll be able to see you all again next year. Um, I'm also a retired homeschooling mom of three amazing adults and just about ready to start a second generation of Sunlighters in our family. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Welcome. And Anne, welcome. Hi, my name is Anne and I'm a homeschool mom. I've used Sunlight since my kids are in preschool and I have a ninth grader and an 11th grader this year. Welcome. Thank you. And Jen, welcome. Hi, Stephanie. I'm Jen. Um, this is my 19th year being a Sunlight mom, and um, we're missing the conventions that we usually get to go to where we get to talk to all of you, so it's really fun to get to do these videos. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for joining. Today we're going to talk about scheduling. We Most of your curriculum is scheduled out, so this is a little bit deeper conversation, I think, than just your instructor's guide and what that looks like. Um, so let's start with the 168 hours, right? You have 168 hours in a week. How can you best utilize them? So you know, uh, Steph, there's a book out there called 168 Hours, um, and I believe the author's name is Laura Vanderkam. And when I read the premise of the book, I thought, you know, that's really kind of an interesting um, concept to write a book about how many hours I have in a week. But I don't know about anybody else, but it's very easy to get sucked into the whole idea that um, there just aren't enough hours in my day. In fact, I caught myself less than an hour ago saying that to someone, that I wish I had more hours in this day. Um, but when you think about it, you spend about, if you sleep seven or eight hours a night, you spend about 56 hours a week sleeping maybe about 20, 21 hours a week eating. So the two most important things in life are now out of the way. You still have over 90 hours of time in your week. And so I think for at least having a healthy mindset about our schedule and our time, if you look at it from that direction and realize how much time you really do have, 
I think it's very helpful, at least to give us a better attitude about our time. Yeah. Does anyone have any advice on how to maybe help with that time? Well, one of the things that I like to do to, to help make the most of the hours that I do have left after the sleeping and the eating, uh, one of the things that everybody has to do is go grocery shopping. Um, and I, for, for years and years, I have just done that one time a week and I plan what, uh, I just sit down. It takes a little bit of time to plan exactly what you're going to eat, uh, for each day of the next week. But I, I've got a planner that I write down all of our activities are going to happen. So I know, oh, this is a slow cooker day and oh, I've got time to really cook something this day and plan ahead and get all the grocery shopping done in one trip. So that's a lot less back and forth and things like that. So it's a, it's a time saver when you plan ahead like that. Another thing I try to do to help maximize my hours that I've got uh, is to make sure I have a place for all of my homeschool materials, mm -hmm. you know, all the books for each level I'm doing, and that I know where everything is. Uh, this is true in my life uh, with things not homeschool related. And I've heard this before that people waste a lot of money buying things that they actually have, but just can't find. And I'm very guilty of that. But, um, but if you're able to get all of your homeschool things uh, in a spot where everybody knows where things, all their supplies are, it just saves a lot of time. You don't have to go hunting around and you can uh, use that sunlight schedule and that's um, all laid out for you and make the most of your time. I can piggyback on what Ann said because I agree with the staying organized and minimizing the errand running time. Um, I also am a once a week shopper. Um, some good advice that I got when I started homeschooling that's really worked for me is to not pressure myself to homeschool like anybody else. I am not a morning person. And so I need to get up and have a little bit of quiet time in the morning and that's okay. I have friends who need to get up and exercise in the morning because if they don't exercise in the morning, then it won't happen. And that throws off mom's mental stability. And then it throws off the kids and the whole day and nothing good happens. I don't suffer from that exact situation. I cannot exercise for months and I'm fine. Um, but I need a little quiet time and that's just me. And so whatever you have about you that makes you face the day well, um, continue to honor that. Homeschooling will not interrupt your quiet morning coffee or your shower or your exercise time. Um, like Judy said, there's actually plenty of time to do that. And if we do not take care of ourselves as the homeschool parent, it all trickles down. And that doesn't end up anywhere good for anybody in the house. Absolutely. Good advice. Talk to me about how a working binder can help. And what well, that is. One. Maybe we should address that. <laughs> well, I've always used a working binder for sunlight because that beautiful, gorgeous combined IG binder is huge and heavy. And I never wanted to like ding it up or, you know, tear papers out. And so I take out six weeks um, and put it in a small binder, like one and a half inches. Um, and even if I have, uh, you know, three or four kids going, um, I, I had a smaller binder that was what we were doing right now. I could look ahead a little bit, make sure I was prepared, but every month or so I would switch out from the big um, monster binder into my little working binder. And that way, if we needed to, there it is, 
if we had to homeschool at the doctor's office, at the oil change place, I could just grab my binder and a couple of books and go. And I do uh, something very similar. I have two levels of sunlight going on at a time. So I've got two history IGs, uh, two literature IGs. Uh, so I've got four sections in my binder. I put tabs in it. Uh, so when we, uh, the kids do their reading, I'm in, in high school now, so they're reading all their things independently, but once a day, uh, or um, this, whenever we uh, get to it after they read, I can flip right to the page, uh, ask them the discussion questions, and take care of that. Another thing I do with my working binder, I made a spreadsheet with all of the different um, uh, subjects that they're doing that I'm taking grades on because it is now transcript time for both of my kids. And I put that uh, very at the very front of my working binder so that when I check their history questions, we have our discussion, I can mark their grade right then and there. Uh, and because uh, I know that when that gets backed up, uh, you, you feel like you're, you're drowning <laughs> if you don't keep up with that. Um, and then when I put the new week's things in the working binder, that's when I take the moment and just read over what they're going to be doing that week. And so I've got a real good idea of what books they'll be doing and what we'll be discussing. Absolutely. So what other things can we do to help get the most out of the week? I think when we think about school, we think about Monday through Friday. That's when our kids need to school. Um, and, you know, eight to three or whatever time you're used to. So I think the biggest part is, we're, you know, you're homeschooling, you actually don't have to live by those schedules. So what are what's some pieces of advice or um, maybe some ideas that you have to help be very flexible with the schedule? So, you know, Steph, uh, one of the things we talked about was the fact that that weekly IG schedule across the top says day one, day two, day three. It doesn't say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So exactly. So, you know, your day one may not be Monday. Maybe it's Sunday or maybe it's Wednesday, depending on your family schedule. And so I think one of the best ways that we can utilize our time more effectively is to not, like you said, force ourselves into that school schedule, but allow the schedule to kind of flow and mesh with what your family is doing. So maybe, for example, um, dad is home on the weekends or mom is home on the weekends, depending on uh, who the primary teacher is. Um, one of the things that we used to do was what we called science experiment Saturdays. And so sometimes we would save our science experiments and do them on Saturday. Um, it just didn't seem to work to haul all the stuff out during the week um, and try to get those done. So we would maybe save up three or four. Um, sometimes we only did it once a month and we would do the reading and save all the experiments for one Saturday a month. So again, you're just looking for ways to make the sunlight schedule fit your family schedule. It is your tool or your resource. It is not your master. Mm -hmm. I'd like Absolutely. to piggyback on the science um, thing that Judy was talking about. Um, we participate in a homeschool co-op uh, that is 10 weeks in the fall and 10 weeks in the spring. And uh, all the parents involved have to teach something. 
And so if I'm going to be having my kids in a, in a sunlight science class, and I'll be doing the experiments anyway, well, I many times have decided just to offer that in a co-op. Uh, and so that you're going to teach it anyway, and it's super fun to do science experiments and with a group of kids. And that way you are fitting in uh, all the experiments, but it's on your own timetable when you're going to go do your co-op anyway, and you need something to teach. And uh, it's just worked out real well. And now that we're in high school, I get to do uh, biology lab and chemistry lab with the kids. So read a lot. Let's talk about readers and read alouds. Reading, there's a lot of reading in literature based and sunlight specifically. Um, what are some ideas on getting all those books read? If you're maybe like there are families who just devour the books and mm -hmm. you know and children who do as well. So what about if you're struggling a little bit to get through all of that and finding time for reading in your day? Well, the first thing that we do is think outside that Monday to Friday, eight to three box. Um, we did a lot of readers at bedtime. We did a lot of readers. Um, dads are great at reading at bedtime because they're not burned out on those kids from having been with them all day and, or whoever the non-primary teacher is. Um, it's not always dad, but but throwing in a half an hour of reading at bedtime is a super way to get those readers done. Um, we've also done audiobooks. Um, we've had older siblings do a read aloud because it was their favorite when they were in second grade. And so, you know, um, they enthusiastically go back into their favorite books because they're old friends. Um, and they love introducing them to the little ones. So, but thinking outside that eight to three box is really um, helpful. I've, I have a couple of night owls, and so not just read alouds, but um, Eastern Hemisphere is my favorite example. We've done a lot of mapping and a lot of Eastern Hemisphere with um, like the dog and a couple of kids on my bed at like 1030 at night. I'm thinking, aren't you people done? No, my night owls are just kind of gearing up. And they're very productive and they're very engaged and I never have the heart to stop them. <laughs> but it's definitely not a Monday to Friday eight to three situation. And there's also some, a very important point to remember and that is you don't have to read every single book that is scheduled in your Sunlight Instructor's Guide. It's okay to skip one or set one aside and save it for the summer or two or three or four maybe. Um, because especially with a literature-based curriculum, there is an inherent overlap built in. Um, if you're doing an American history study, you're not going to read about George Washington in just one book. And so then if you miss that book, you have this big George Washington shaped hole in your child's education. Um, you're going to read probably a, a biography about George Washington and a historical fiction piece about the winter at Valley Forge maybe, or um, some other aspect of um, his presidency. Um, so really, you can skip titles and not have it totally ruin your sunlight experience. And think of audio too. So many books are on audio these days. You can just download it and listen to it in the car or wherever. Give a kid a pair of earbuds and they're doing their read aloud. Mm -hmm. We never did audio books, but our read alouds definitely made it on vacation. A lot of times you've got a trip scheduled, you know, you're on week such and such and you're not done with the read aloud, you know, it's going to come with you. Uh, and, and you can actually kind of get ahead. And then when you get back and things are busy, you're unpacking, you know, you don't have a read aloud scheduled at the moment because you've gotten ahead in that. 
Um, and so that's something we found to be true. Another thing that might be helpful, talking about dads, uh, reading books, maybe a bedtime. Um, yeah, I, I, my kids have done two sunlight levels. So when I get to or read aloud for my younger, I've read it before and I know if it's going to make me cry. And so, I, you know, that's another good reason to perhaps maybe have dad um, uh, take over some of the books. I actually had one um, read aloud that I, I just, I couldn't finish. And my daughter was old enough to, to, to finish it herself. And so I just had to let her do that. <laughs> it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done that. There was one I could not read aloud. It was actually giving me nightmares. And so I gave it to the kid and was like, you are not afraid of heights. You can just read this book by yourself. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the nitty gritty of the schedule, of your family schedule. So how is how can you make the day look based on the subjects and your family? How do you, how do you get down to, okay, this is what my day is going to look like? I think first it's a lot of trial and error. You're not going to come up with the perfect routine on the first day of school. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, the first day of school for us always takes the longest. It, it just seems to, um, just, uh, well, I could say it, to kind of drag on and on and on because you're getting into uh, a routine different from what you've been doing for the summer. So we, for the past uh, few years, we've actually taken two days to do one day of school. We're getting back into it. And then you don't feel any pressure with the time and you can get a feel for what subjects your kids are really enjoying, what subjects they might struggle more with. Uh, it, it, I like to categorize our subjects is, you know, you need to do this one first in the morning when you're fresh, or this is one you need to do after lunch because you need to have a full stomach. You can't be doing this one when you're hungry. Uh, and we figure those things out. And then once you're able to do that, you can really ease into a routine that works really well with your family. And I think um, some families try this and, and we did it a number of years. Sometimes you can ease back into your schedule by maybe just starting with one subject. Maybe you just start with math and do a week of math to let the kids get back into the routine of having to think about numbers. Um, and then when week two comes along, you add in the other subjects. So it's, you know, that's one way to kind of ease into uh, what's going on similar to what Ann shared. And you really have to be willing to shape the school day around your day. So if you have little ones that nap, maybe that is the time to do some of those skill-based things where another child needs your individual attention. Um, maybe if a nap is lasting longer, this is the day that we just continue to work and get ahead a little bit. Because tomorrow, if that toddler does not nap at all, there will be things that do not happen. And so that flexibility is really um, an important thing to go in with as kind of a tool in your box, just to be flexible and use what the day gives you. And if we have to sit in the doctor's office waiting room for 45 minutes, we are gonna get a ton of this read aloud done. And you know, if we don't, then I scheduled it for the waiting room. And so we didn't have to wait. And so now we're behind a day, but I mean, that's life. Um, one of the things that my kids like to do was if we pulled out a book that we're supposed to read like one or two pages every day and they were really into it, we might read a whole week just because we can. Um, that IG is not a taskmaster. It is a guide. 
So I kind of tried to stay on the same week all the time. So if we read one a whole lot today, we might skip that one and do something different tomorrow. It's kind of like the block scheduling of homeschool. But, um, you know, to, there, I don't think there's one kind of homeschool day. I think you have to go in and just, you know, use what you got. I think too, kind of um, piggybacking off from something that Jen said earlier, um, depending on your schedule and, and who's teaching what, um, you can share teaching responsibilities with the adults in the house. And so um, in our family, my husband worked a graveyard shift. And so he would come home at eight o'clock in the morning and he was our math teacher because math is a foreign language for me. So <laughs> he would teach math first thing in the morning uh, because he was still awake and our kids were fresh. And actually, the joke got to be after a while that anyone um, could catch dad falling asleep in the middle of a math lesson. Um, so we then went on and did the rest of our table subjects, those skill-based subjects, in the morning because we needed it to be quiet because dad needed to sleep. Um, and I worked from home at that time. And so in the afternoon before dad went back to work, he would get up and he would do some of the read-alouds with them while I started doing um, my work that needed to be done. So everybody's family schedule is unique. And so you have to allow yourself the freedom to shape and mold that homeschool schedule to your schedule and not let the homeschool schedule drive your schedule. That's a good point. Jen, you're, you also worked uh, or are working mm -hmm. while homeschooling. Yep. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that uh, worked for your family as well? Sure. It's different all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I worked all morning, like I was gone from 7 to 11, 12, you know, noon, um, I would... I, you know, I had teenagers who could be at char in charge at home and everybody knew that when I came home, we were going, you better have eaten lunch. You better be ready to work because when I walk in the door, we're working. Um, you know, now I'm working a lot in the evenings and so everything has to be done by three 30. And so we start earlier and like yesterday I was out of the house all day. And so my 11 year old was left a list and a text that said, if you want these privileges, this will be done before this other scheduling thing happens. And, you know, that was how it went. Um, like I said, a lot of times we kind of block schedule. Like if we can get some good progress going on in math, I may skip science today, but tomorrow we're gonna do it the opposite way. Um, 10.30 at night is a perfectly good time to read. Um, vacations, wins. Um, I always, uh, I always do school on those gross winter weekend days when it's like February and it's not even snow. It's just cold rain and you don't want to go anywhere and it's gray and it's dark and everybody's crabby. Um, and I tell my kids flat out one Saturday in February is worth a weekday in June. Get mm -hmm. your books. A hundred percent. You know, and it, because it's true, we have a certain amount of stuff we have to get done and we need to use the time we have because I don't know what June is going to look like. I mean, Hashtag 2020. Um, so yeah, working in homeschooling just means that the hours I have to be gone or the hours I have to be busy are scheduled in and we school around that, whatever that looks like, because you know, my 168 hours are continuous. 
And so I cannot be in an eight to three Monday to Friday box and it works fine. And my homeschool doesn't need to look like anybody else's homeschool. And so we just kind of roll with it. The other thing that really, really helped us was to develop a team mentality in our household. Um, and we talked about it often. Um, this is not a, you know, always a, um, here are the adults and here are the children and it, you know, everything depended on the adults making decisions. No way. Um, we were a team. Um, we needed to work together as a team in order for other things to be able to happen. And so um, I was not the only one who had the skill set of doing laundry or cooking meals. And in fact, once my children got tall enough to be able to safely reach a stovetop and reach the dials on the stove, then I gave them instruction on cooking meals. And for a while, I would plan the meal schedule and they would cook it. But there actually was a stretch of time when I was homeschooling my children, like years, where I never cooked a meal in my house. Now, it wasn't because I don't like to cook, because I love to cook. But at that time in my life, they're part of the team membership, they're part of keeping the team together, was to take that off from my plate, then I could do other things. The benefit was that when it came time to go or maybe go do something unexpected and fun or unscheduled or take a vacation. We could do that all together because all of us had made sure that all the other working parts of our family were covered. And so that team mentality is huge, especially as the kids get older. Yes. I'd like to point out another benefit of Judy's statement. I didn't know how to make grilled cheese when I left my house. So I'm sure her children were at least three star chefs by that point, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Um, so let's talk a little, one more thing about four day and five day schedules. So there's a lot of parents who maybe have purchased a five day and they'll start and they'll realize maybe it's too much, or maybe they've purchased a four day and they feel like, Oh, maybe it's not enough or, you know, maybe it's perfect. And, may it be that it is. But um, let's talk a little bit about how you can flex those days a little. Well, one of the things that, that is really nice is even if you purchase a four-day package, we have put together um, those additional titles that make up the five-day program. So you can buy the five-day package of books to add on to your four-day schedule. So if you're like us, I couldn't bear to skip a title um, we are just a family of book lovers. And so even though the four-day schedule was very helpful for our family schedule, I wanted those additional books. Well, back in the day when I homeschooled, I had to figure out which titles those were. But now Sunlight has put them together in nice handy packages. So you can buy those additional five or six books as a package and, and use them over the summer or um, for additional ex extra credit reading for your kids. So that, that part's really nice. And if you end up with a five day and then something happens and you realize, uh, oh, well, we're going to join this co-op and now all of a sudden I only have four days. Uh, a simple thing to do is just to pick one subject to double up on each day. Um, and then bam, you, you've got it all covered. Uh, or if you need to save something for the weekend, you know, do, uh, what works best for us, you, you do those table subjects every day 
and you can save read alouds or, or, or a couch subject for the weekend because really even though it's the weekend nobody minds reading a good book on the weekend and it can work out that way i we say we say couch and table subjects a lot so i just want to say couch subjects are those um readers you're going to learn history bible and science reading books together or independently table subjects are the skill based so if you don't know the distinction, that is the distinction there. So we've talked a lot about this. I think you've let us know. I am most curious because I don't think I've heard from Anne, um, but I also want to hear from you, Jen. I want to know what um, a day in the life right now looks like for sunlight. Uh, well, that is a good question. Like I said, we, Anne, we just started our school year, so we spent... I oh. wanted to say real quick, I... I think most people are going to be interested in the fact that you are doing two level. Ah, okay. So that is a, like, I was like, Oh yeah, Anne does too. Let's talk about that. So. Right. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, high school years are a little different than elementary. So, uh, so back in the elementary years doing two levels of sunlight, I always pick one Bible to do one, one, um, Bible reading either for, you know, from one level or the other. And we always do that together. I have found, uh, the starting the day together with that uh, always worked the best. And then after that was done, we just started taking turns uh, doing things. Uh, if, and so I would do a table subject with one like math and then the other, as they got older and more independent uh, would realize that, Hey, if I do something independent while she's working with math with this, you know, my brother, then I can end up, we can get school done uh, much faster. Uh, so taking turns that way. Now, when they were uh, both very young, you know, there, there's nothing independent that they can do. But in, in that case, all the things that you are doing with them, they don't take as long. You know, when you're, when you're doing pre-K and level B, you know, the, the whole day doesn't take as long, even when you are taking turns. Just the readings are shorter and just things just don't take as long to do. The Where I really found the time crunch was when we got to, you know, doing like D and f and e and uh, g when the read alouds got really long and that's where it got tough so we had to alter our plan we did one read aloud in the morning one read aloud at night and um you know, took turns doing the other things in the middle uh so now that we're in high school and pretty much most things are independent uh uh it, it's really i've really enjoyed uh Kind of this new role as mentor and uh where i'm just kind of checking in with what they're doing um you know catching things that we might uh be falling behind on with math and we need to review uh that's happened at the beginning of this school year um let's see um so we're still taking turns uh where i will be um going over discussion questions with one and the other still finishing up reading something uh, but i have found our day to go actually a little quicker in high school than it did uh back in our later elementary days uh but some points i had written down when thinking about all this is that a day with sunlight you're with your kids you're reading the bible together you're memorizing scripture and you're learning at your own pace and subjects that that really matters like math and you're not bound by a school bell i've never had okay we're doing you know bible from eight to to eight thirty you know we, we might try to well what am i saying we never start at eight o'clock we always start you know nine ish um uh whenever we are getting ready in the morning um but we've never had you know the school bell situation where oh oh it's 11 o'clock we got to stop this and start something else 
the one of the beauty of uh, doing homeschool and with sunlight, uh, you, you just go at your own pace for the whole thing. You can go chase rabbit trails and um, uh, and you're not bound by that school bell. And the quality literature that we have found, I've read books I never would have known to, to look for with sunlight. Um, and now one of the consequences, a fact of life, if you are a sunlighter and you're traveling, you will never be able to pass by a bookstore without stopping. So you've got to schedule that in uh, whenever you're going someplace. Um, and uh, so one last thing, now that we are both in high school, you know, my, my kids know each day what they need to get done. And they're both in sports now and our homeschool sports are gearing up. And so if we've got games and practices in the evening, I think one of the products of using sunlight is that you do develop kids that can make daily goals and they, they know I've got to get this and this and this done uh, so that I can go do this extra activity and not get behind. Like Jen said earlier, you know, you might want to, you know, be done with school by June, you know, and so you do what you uh, need to do during your school year just to get those things done. So it's been exciting for me to see the kids um, as they get older, really uh, make goals, know what they need to do and, 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 and get it done. It's been, it's been good. Very good. And Jen, what does your day look like? I know you said it's, it kind of changes. <laughs> it does, um, but I'll tell you what today looks like. Um, today we set alarms to get up early. I, you know, I took a shower first thing this morning, had a conversation with my husband before he went into the other bedroom to work from home and teach his Zoom class. Um, it's almost noon at my house. Um, I had a little bit of accounting and paperwork to do, so that's done. And when I get off of this call, I am going to do um, my sunlight day with my 11-year-old. We are going to be interrupted by having to drive big sister to work. Then we're gonna come home and finish. So we'll probably work for about three hours today. Um, and then I have to work this evening. So I will leave at about 3.30 um, to do that, uh, which is, you know, the dad is working from home. So there's a little overlap there where he can like sit and watch TV for a few minutes. Um, yeah. And so we're going to read, we're going to read science. We're going to do math. We're going to do um, all of it. He has a couple of language arts things going on right now. Um, he's doing wordly wise and um, a handwriting book and then some grammar that will happen today. We will read um, our read aloud and we are probably going to skip history today. Um, we're, we're in H, so story of the world, um, but we're probably not going to do that today uh, because I can't do it all. Um, and we are going to clean the house, like mostly, we'll probably do floors today. And, and when I say we, I mean the 11-year-old and I both, because I am not the only person in the world who can vacuum. And um, yeah, and then I will start my work day at 4 o'clock. So that is, that's what it's going to look like. I actually, I interviewed someone once who said that I can't, I can do it all, but not all at once. Yep. So I think that that's a really good thought. You have 168 hours <laughs> in a week. You can't do it all in one hour, but maybe throughout the 168, yep. you can. So when I get home tonight, I am not going to do any work. I'm not going to do accounting. I am not going to pay bills. I am not going to be doing school. I'm going to come home. I'm going to have another conversation with my husband. I will probably eat dinner and then, um, you know, we'll kind of chill for an hour in the evening and then start all over tomorrow. Yeah. So. 
That's oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you guys so much for joining and we'll see you later. Bye guys.